Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, what's up, everybody? Another episode of the Dr. Dads, uh, Dr. David and I are here uh, coming at you with some, some information and some stories and some, uh, we wanted to kind of talk about some recent highlights from some of the recent podcasts we did and uh, touching base. I mean, David and I, when we get on the call, especially when it's just him and I, we end up spending a good 20, 30 minutes just reconnecting and, and sharing all these juicy bits that we realized afterwards we should have pressed record, but uh, nonetheless, we're pressing record now and uh, David... Thank you so much for being a, my partner in crime on this podcast, buddy. I love seeing your face and hearing your stories and reconnecting uh, on this platform. So how, how are you today? I'm fantastic, brother. And same as man. It's always good to connect with you every week, even if it's just for an hour, right? But like you're saying, it is nice when it's just you and me and we get to chat. And I think we broke a record today. We chatted for 40 minutes before we hit record. So, But I mean, that's, I mean we had to catch up, right? It's been a yeah. while. There's been lots going on, right? Like it was Canada Day, it was Independence yeah. Day. Uh, we both got taken a couple vacations, and and sometimes when we have the guest, it's just quick, like, "Hey, how you doing, buddy?" And then you know, off we go, starting to press record uh, with the, with the guest. But we we did want to talk about a few of the previous podcasts we did because uh, some of them have just been super interesting things that we've been you know dialed into for a while and then and then we get to have some new experiences but let's start off with the one that was sort of like a, a challenge for us um and uh and and when we when we say this you know if the guest you know tunes into any of these podcasts you know so much love to everybody that we get to, to interview but you know some of the information is just going to land differently for different people so the podcast that, that i'm referencing right now is the clean meat episode we did with paul shapiro and i thought it'd be great to just reflect on the things that we learned uh from him and and from his book and from the insight that he shared and uh because i know this is a touchy subject i mean you talk about uh just cruelty to animals in general you're gonna have a huge amount of people very reactive and then you talk about innovation and um you know a way to move to a more sustainable future and that comes with excitement but also a huge amount of like unknown and uncertainty and so there's all these emotions that are sort of thrown in the mix, but our food is so critical to how we get healthy. So when things get manipulated, we want to make sure they're as healthy as possible. So what were, what were your original sort of like impressions and like, what, what did you think about uh, some of the content that he shared? Well, you know, the big thing I wanted to kind of touch, touch on with that whole episode of how we kind of left it was, my big thing with the whole clean meat was I couldn't wrap my head around eating something that was made in a lab that didn't have, like we talked these natural elements in place from an animal that's actually being born by another animal and then having sunlight and breathing oxygen and having actual blood running through its system. And there's an energetic piece there as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're eating, you know, grass or whatever, even if it's a grain fed cow. I mean, the point is, is he was trying to compare something like that to growing meat on a Petri dish in a lab and saying it's the same thing. And, you know, I hope I wasn't disrespectful of Paul and I don't think I was, but 
I, I just couldn't get that. Man. Like for me, even if we're in those times, which I hope we're not, and our children aren't in those times one day where like, there's literally no animals left and we can't harvest enough meat to feed people on the planet. I don't hope it ever comes to a place where that's what people are eating. Like they're eating petri dish grown meat, which if we're there, man, we're so far away from nature. And I mean, it's just, it's scary to think about if we're there. Now on the other end, I agree with Paul and like, he's trying to protect animals. Right. And I think that's where a lot of his argument comes from is we don't need to slaughter all these animals. There's a, there's a better way of doing this, but you can't have a better way at the mercy of losing what was provided by God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. Like, and we're moving away from that. And that's a, that's scary to me. Like that piece is really scary to me. We're moving away from that. Cause like, even now you see GMO crops, right? We have these gen genetically modified organisms and we know the downside to those things. And we know what the agenda is and what they say is like, oh, we're, we're short on food and we have to farm this way, which we, we know is all bullshit because there's another argument of the farmers saying that's all bullshit. If we did it right, we'd have plenty of food and our yield would be higher every year and the soil would be healthier. And yet we're industrializing and monopolizing in our country here in the States on the food supply, which again is not good, a monopolization of a big, 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 uh, big corporate or whatever is, start, is starting to own the food supply because then they can start manipulating the food. And this is what we put in our bodies to help us live and be healthy and thrive. And if we start moving to more of these artificial means and things that are literally being genetically modified, I feel like this is a downhill spiral and it's not worth it. Okay, let me reword that. It is worth it because I want to save animals, but at the same time, you can't be doing that effect to human beings on the planet at the just because you're trying to save some cows or chickens or whatever. I feel like there's just better ways to treat these animals and better systems and protocols we could implement to fix this problem versus growing meat in a lab in a petri dish, man. So that's where I was at on that, man. And you know, you had a good article from Ricola, right? That yeah. we read, I think, the week right after. And Mercola had a lot of, of, our, of good points that he made and why that wasn't a solution and why we were only being given one piece of that whole solution, but the reality of that was not going to work out. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I've, I think the, one of the things the pandemic's done for me is allowed me to be more observing of my own opinion on things. And so I, I've... I've, um, I've, I've looked to see where I'm, I'm choosing antagonism to find fault in something. And so when I was, when I was, I was audibling this book, so I didn't read it, I, I was listening to it. Um, I was really just trying to sit in that neutral position to think like, if I was an animal rights activist, if that was my point of reference, I can see the need to stop all killing of any animal that that exists on this planet like i i understand where that that individual or that frame of reference comes from and so as i was listening to the book i was trying to i was trying to think of right now in this moment what do i the listener actually think makes sense and so the thing that i i feel like i really liked about the idea was was the making of leather like leather is not something we're consuming. It's an industry that's that's used for like clothing to like building cars and seats and upholstery. And like, 
I can see how in some of our innovations in, in life that some things really make sense in one area and they don't necessarily make so much sense in another. And I think, um, wow, what a, what a, it's a billion dollar industry, like even from snake skin to like alligator skin boots to cowhide to leather to whatever. Like this is a huge industry. And imagine the disruption that would happen if there was innovation that allowed us to create a material where we didn't have to slaughter animals for the process and it turns out like from what he shared in the book anyways that there was it was a it was better for the environment there's you're not putting all these like uh solvents and things like that into the water supply that usually happen in these modern tatting or tanning you know uh facilities and whatnot so i could really like oh that's an interesting innovation so that's what that's what i was trying to see is like what kind of applicable use would there be for technology such as this and the points that you bring up uh, regarding, you know, how can we get more disconnected from nature? Like we're already moving in such a like obscure direction. And so, you know, growing meat with the questionable, you know, profile, like Mercola brought up to what's the fatty acid content? Like, how do you match this perfect design that, that can only happen from a, from a creature living on the land, you know, eating the grass, being in, in exposure to the sunlight, the whole family dynamic of this animal being in its community like hopefully like I'm, I'm i'm obviously painting a picture of a you know a beautiful farm not necessarily factory farming which is a whole different story and so you know what if this disruption just allows us to be more humane with our practices um and i understand that some people might say like humane is not killing animals so the the point is there's so many different ways to to speak about a conversation so to i think to bring it back to the first point of like wow we are in, in, in very interesting times where our science and capability of innovation is like, is really, you know, pushing some interesting limits. And so how do we, you know, reconcile this I ideal of, of, uh, you know, not hurting animals, but also being mindful of how, how does that work in our society? How does that work in our bodies? How does it, you know, how does it all play out? And I think there's so much uncertainty there. You know, we don't know what someone consuming, you know, a comparable amount of meat uh, in the form of lab-grown meat versus those consuming animal meat from, you know, the, the typical healthy, you know, grass-fed, free-range, you know, home-style or family-style farming. Like, what does their blood profile look like? Do they, do they have good levels of fats and lipids and inflammatory markers like how does this actually even look in someone's physiology like i get that there's an interesting idea here but like you know we're just we're not really there where we can see the the internal impact um and and unfortunately just my last point is i think i think that so many decisions are made with this big overarching thing which you know we could call it animal cruelty we could call it climate change you know Put in put a name on something or call it pandemic. We put a name on something, and then everything has to filter for for the the minutia of that that thing. Um, and so we can just start start to filter in all the different things that we're doing and call it. Well, this affecting climate change, or, or um, you know, this is affecting you know the social distancing. It's it's affecting people's immune systems. You know, all these little criteria that we that we just follow and don't really fully understand you know what i mean so lots of thoughts about it <laughs> well and it's and it's it's like you're saying i mean there's an idea 
which I, I, I think it's great. That there's some innovation, like with, with the, I mean, it's really what it's all about. He's just trying to innovate and make a shift, but it can't be at a bigger cost for, for especially the population of people on the planet, right? So like you're saying, I think the industrial piece is huge and it can be utilized now and that can save a lot of animals right now. But I think we're really, really far away from this being how we're going to feed the human race on the planet. Um, and like I said, yeah, and I if we had to, like, if I had a choice, I would just be vegetarian. Like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't shift over to, oh, you know, I can't have meat anymore. Well, I'm going to have this fake stuff. I would just be like, well, easy. I'm just going to be vegetarian. Like that's, I mean, I've been vegetarian for many years anyway, so I would fill in the gaps with my amino acids and all the other things that we're, you know, supplementation innovation is also making leaps and bounds forward in, in our ability to, you know, powder nutrition, you know, that doesn't involve uh, growing anything not real or, you know, whatever you want to call that. I'd be right there with you, man. I'd have to yeah. become a vegetarian and give up my meat loving as a Texan. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'd be with you. I, I probably still wouldn't need it. Yeah, to be honest with you, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah. So. Any anything else you want to sh share on that point, or should we move on to the next one? No, I think that was the biggest parts for me, man. But I'm glad we talked a little bit more about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, agree to disagree, as I said on the podcast on that yeah. one. For as far as eating this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think like it's such a touchy subject, right? You know, when you're talking about your food, you're talking about, you know, animal rights, you're talking about, you know, sustainable future, you know, climate change, whatever, like the, I guess, uh, who, you know, all of us listening all have a different perspective and, and very unique, you know, outlook on the future of humanity on the planet and or maybe some opinions on what it could look like. And so the, the interesting thing is that we all have such different different opinions and different backgrounds so we're going to look through the lens of health and so when david's asked the question but it's it's not raised on a farm it's like you're thinking about and the inherent physiology of the animal to all those dynamics from an energetic point of view to you know biochemistry and so on and so forth where someone else might be looking through a lens of like that's just bad because you're killing animals you know what i mean and it's not that one is less intelligent than the other it's just it's a frame of reference that allows you to come to an opinion as a result of what you know and maybe your expertise so you know if you listening if you have um, input here please share because it's so interesting to hear all the different ways that one could look at a, a challenge or 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 an innovation of whether or not it would be something helpful or, or harmful and you know i think it adds to the collective well there's some irony here too and the irony, you know, from a paradigm standpoint, is kind of what we talk about in medicine all the time. This is a reactive solution to the problem. They're not going to fix the root issue. As there's been no attempt to go to the root to fix this issue, right? How about just look at what we're doing wrong with harvesting animals and how we're treating them and doing all these things and figure out a better way to do it. Go to the root and just completely rewrite it to give us a different product right but instead it's it's kind of like this whole i feel like this whole thing with the race to get to mars as a as a as a, as a species it's kind of like well earth's kind of done and we've destroyed it so let's find another planet and it's like no like we can fix this let's dump all these billions of dollars we're spending on going to another planet and try to fix the problems here on this planet yeah. instead it's this reactive like it's just this attitude it's like oh it's already broken we're not going to be able to fix it 
you know, and then let's just like keep finding solutions that are in a reactive type of, of solution. So yeah, there's some irony in that as well. Totally. And actually we're living in the irony too with the, the pandemic and, you know, every nine months it's, it's booster time, you know, we, we've disregarded the root, which is our immune system. And we've uh, replaced it with, uh, an outside in philosophy, which unfortunately uh, I don't see as being a sustainable future, unless of course we become completely dependent on <laughs> big pharma to, to regulate how we, uh, how we live and operate. And I think people listening want body autonomy. They want to be able to mm-hmm. control what goes in. Right. All right. Absolutely. Man. Good point. Cool. Okay. So let's talk about uh, another uh, topic. Uh, let's talk about uh, the nootropics because brain health is something that's, not only, you know, impacting, I mean, it's impacting all of us. Like, that's just the reality. The, the, the expectation for Alzheimer's dementia is, is now just, I think, by 2032, it's one-on-one, meaning everybody's going to develop some level of it as a result of our environmental toxicity and stress and all of the, all the things. And uh, so brain health is, is really on the tip of, I think, everybody's consciousness when they're thinking about what does it mean to live a healthy life. We want to have all our faculty into uh, all our aging years, right? So what a time to not only support neurogenesis and brain function, cognition, but also you can take your brain health to a whole new level um, and optimize your brain function so you can get more out of your brain than what you're used to. How cool is that? Well, and it's one of those things I think unless you've done it and experienced it, you don't know that it's there for you. You know, we talk all the time how people think just as you get older that the body just wears out, doesn't work as well. So a lot of people just kind of adapt to having brain fog or having bouts of anxiety throughout the day on and off or energy's low, right? Or my sex drive's not there anymore. Oh, it's just because I'm older, right? So you have this default, right, of individuals, I believe, that are just there. And then you have people like me who are on a different paradigm, you and me, and we're always talking about there's ways to improve and optimize as we're on this journey. And there's more there for you. And, you know, with the brain, man, in my experience, because I do that all the time, is there is a whole lot more there for you. And if you're not feeling well, you're just a few things away from feeling better. Um, So I got really excited, man. When you started talking about this stuff before we recorded with Mr. Newt's, I was really excited just to hear what this stuff was about because like I talked on the podcast, you know, I've I've taken quite a bit of nootropics and have not seen really any results. So like for me, it was like, okay, this stuff's custom. How's this going to work? And honestly, man, I'm really impressed so far. So I got my kit last week, midweek. I did three days last week. It's really cool guys. So like when you get your kit, before you get it, you fill out this awesome questionnaire where they ask you all these all these questions about like how you feel and what your day is like and how you eat and how you sleep and your energy and your sex drive, very thorough questionnaire. And then they take that information and they send you your kit and it's already all like prepackaged. And then you download an app. And then on this app, basically it takes you through the 30 days and each day you take a formula at the beginning, you're taking a single formula and then it tells you what the effects could look like. And then it asks you to like basically journal an entry that day. So did you feel anything? Did you feel great? What level were you at? And then if you did feel those effects, you hit the little boxes and then you can write in a little journal type of experience of what that was like that day. So you're able to like log and kind of take notes as you're making your way through. And then you start stacking them. So once you try all the formulas just by themselves, then you start doing these type of stacking 
type deals at the back end. And then I believe they use all this information after that first 30 days in your account. And then I believe they customize them and refine them again. But buddy, like noticeable, you know, like I started with Nectar the first day and that one right out of the gates. I was like, oh man, this stuff's awesome. I love that one. Um, Oh, it was good, man. It was really good. Uh, And then the next day I did Apex. And then what was interesting on the Apex day is not as intense as the, the Nectar day, but noticeable, still noticeable differences. But it's almost like I was still getting a, an effect from the Nectar the first day. So I was feeling effects, a little bit of different type of effects. But honestly, so far what I've noticed in the four days that I've taken these things is my mood is better. I feel more like me. So what does that mean, more like me? Well, when we're going and we have lots going on in life and you have your stress levels and you know, you have work and you got family and you got this and that. It's easy for us sometimes to have to work really hard to try to being adapting all the time to all these different things that we have to be and how we have to show up. And sometimes when we're in the hustle and bustle of life, like you don't feel like you're in that best sweet spot of who you are or how you feel. And it isn't until you get it back that you notice like, holy crap, like I have not been really feeling me in a long time. And I noticed a diff, a definite change in my calmness and my mood uh, from the time I started this stuff. So even Clarissa was like, man, you just seem more calm. Like you don't seem as like tense or like on the edge when you get from work or wound up. Cause like on my long days, I'm really wound up, man. My brain's been going at like a hundred miles an hour. I feel like I've been running my car at like 120 miles per hour for eight, eight to 10 hours. So when you get home, it's really hard to slow down, right? And hit the brakes. But I, there was just like this ease for me to do that last week, which was really funny. I noticed. And I just a very, very just calming effect in the background, man. So like I have noticed some significant shifts just from the little bit that I've been on these things. Um, uh, so I'm, I'm loving it, man. I think I, and I can't wait to get through the rest of the month, but just so far, not even a full weekend, uh, I'm really enjoying this stuff. Well, that was one of the things that came up in the podcast, right? Was the, <clears throat> with Mr. Newt's was just the ability to customize because we all need different things. You know, we all have different, maybe deficiencies. We all show up to work or a relationship or even to ourself in a different kind of way. And when you, when you get that subtle sometimes or or more obvious in, in some of those cases especially with the nectar or the, the apex or is it the apex or yeah that's that yeah, i really noticed yeah it's like when you get that right combination you recognize that you're in a different state of consciousness and that's literally what's happening so you've got more bandwidth more faculty more more resources to actually feel more like yourself so i really align with like what you're saying because I, I mean i had a very similar experience and i also find that when i was when i was using them uh, I ran out and I'm, I'm getting my customized box coming hopefully soon. Um, but when I was using them on that regular basis, there was like these slight little things that were more obvious, like the ability to stick to a task, like the focus and and not get like bored in the task and be able to stay on it before, you know, getting distracted and then, and then trying to do some sort of balancing act with my uh, multitasking or putting know, it sure. off, right. Or putting out procrastinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all noticeable. It's- and it's interesting how subtle it is, right? Like yeah. as you're talking, I'm noticing things about me too, because it is subtle. Like sometimes we have a lot of stuff we know we got to get done, but then in your headspace, you're like, oh man. And like, there's this resistance to wanting to do it. Yeah. 
but it's almost like you're on autopilot with this stuff, man. You just get it done. And like your productivity just goes and you don't feel any resistance. Like there's no resistance there. You're just knocking things out. So yeah, I mean, I totally get that piece too. There's just an ease of things, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's no stress carried, carried with a lot of those things that you typically would carry or think, oh, I don't have time or I got to do this or I got to do that. Like I've just been more productive, but more in a calm, relaxed state productive. Kind of. Yeah. There's, we did a podcast a little while ago uh, on, on Health Ignited with a doctor named Dr. Amy Epigian, and she works a lot with trauma. And um, a, little, a little nugget that she shared on the last time we had an a interview with you, we'll have to talk to her on here too. She's super fun. She's biohacker and lots of cool stuff. But she said, like, our choice is so limited when we don't have energy. And yet, you know, so from a trauma perspective, so much of our trauma, so much of the focus just becomes on the pain that we feel. And so it's really hard to get out of that cycle of trauma because we don't have a lot of options. We're just stuck in that very linear, narrow focus. But when you got more energy in your body, you recognize that there's more choice, there's more availability. And, you know, to your point of like getting stuff done, well, you got more brain energy. So it's like, great, I can, I can use this to get that stuff done. It, it doesn't feel like this, you know, momentum sort of climb that you have to make in order to start, you know, getting your feet running, your, your, your gears, you're already ready to shift into that gear to get that task accomplished. So it's really like this, this sense of like buoyancy or ability to have that, that, that energy. And, and you know, on the topic of pain, that's sort of a similar I see this in a similarity is that when pain is there, it's like all you can think about pain is so encompassing. It just, it's so engulfing of your, not only your physical form, but also like your emotional body and, you know, obviously biochemistry, everything's aligned to like just helping you protect that injury or that, that place that's in pain. But as soon as the pain's gone, it's like, you forgot that it was there. You forgot how much inhibition it was creating in your life or how much interference. And it's kind of like this, like with the nootropics, it's just, it's giving you that, that buoyancy, that levity to have that choice. So you, you didn't even realize that there was a restriction where there maybe a day ago or a week ago it was there, where now it's like it's, it's not even in your consciousness. So I find that interesting when change happens is that we're, we recognize it's like having conversations like this. We recognize, oh, yeah, like I really feel that it's because like it was only a problem when it was a problem. But now that the problem's not really there anymore, it's like. You have to, and this is where journaling, I think, is so important, and which, oh, yeah. which they encourage, right? It's very stealthy. I mean, it's, it's, I talked to my patients about <laughs> it. I was just stealthy. talking to one today, man. She's like, she's on her feet all day, right? She works at a bakery, and she came into me because, like, she couldn't handle being on her feet all day. Like, it was uh, by the end of the day, she was in all kinds of pain, and everything hurt, and so she's been coming into me for like three months, uh, every couple of weeks. And she's progressed very nicely. And today she's like, you know, I stand on my feet all day now and I'm fine. I'm not like hurting at the end of the day. And she's like, it's crazy because I didn't really think about it till I came in and was sitting waiting for your day. Like, how am I doing? And she's like, and I noticeably just have more endurance at work and I'm not hurting at the end of the day. Yeah. And I said, it's very stealthy, isn't it? I was like, when we're hurting, that's all you're thinking about. I was like, but when it's gone, you don't notice that it's gone sometimes. And you really have to think and, and think about, well, how bad was it when I wasn't feeling well, right? But it's like you're saying, I mean, these little interferences add up. Yep. And then when you start removing them, there's more energy available for other things to get done and, and for you to, to show up as a better version of you. But if you're not paying attention to it, it's not always obvious. 
right, and yelling at you like, hey, you're better. Yeah. Kind of so, <laughs> so unless you're like at a, like a 10 and you get rid of the pain right away, right? But, yeah. But yeah. It's the contrast, sure. right? It's like yeah. the, the contrast of it being so intense to, like, I mean, sometimes a chiropractic adjustment feels like that. It's like, oh, man, my neck. And then you get the right adjustment and freedom. It's yeah. like, I, I, I forget what that pain feels like because now I can move my neck side to side or, you know, bend forward, touch my toes, whatever it may be. Right. So, and that's, I love how the nootropics are sort of fitting into that chiropractic philosophy of removing the interference so the body can heal. It's definitely like a neurochemical adjustment, man. And it's yeah. crazy because until you start to feel better, you don't realize that those deficiencies are there probably. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, noticeable, noticeable man. So that's, I'm really that's your new term, neurochemical adjustment, right? Yeah, there, that's, there right. that's what three tropics yeah. pretty much are. <laughs> so yeah, man, awesome. this stuff's, this stuff's awesome. I'm looking forward to keep refining and, and really finding some of these stacks that work real well for me and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So, I mean, there, there's more to talk about there. We just want to leave with one other one. We had a, we had a podcast, a really cool guy, uh, the creator of my vital C it's a carbon 60 molecule. Uh, both Dave and I had a chance to play with it a little bit. <clears throat> and so both, I mean, I'll speak for us both and then please add, you know, uh, your own experience. And then, um, and then you can talk about the, per- I don't know if you want to say your mom, but yeah. that, I don't know if it's okay to talk about your mom, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. but, but so C60, I love the, I love the technology. I love this. The, the rat study on it is mind blowing to show that it's doubling your life expectancy. All the rats that were in the treatment group, they all survived up in like twice the amount of like, it was like 60 months versus like 30 where the normal, the, the control group of the rats, they all die with cancer, all the treatment group, none of them die with cancer. So the rat model was like phenomenal. And then to think of like how it helps to restabilize or, or re, uh, uh, recycle or bring your glutathione levels endogenously back up without, without, you know, forcing your body to use them. So it's like a redox molecule. That's a binding agent, which also captures oxidative stress in the body. So really important for the aging process, clearly in that rat model. Um, personally, when I add it in, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it's doing. Like, I mean, I, I don't feel it. It's not this obvious, uh, uh-huh. um, and I think, it, you know, very similar for you, David, but, you know, please, uh, add in what you noticed. So, yeah, so I took it for quite a while and, like I was saying, I think if I had to say I noticed anything, it was probably like off. I don't have joint pain. I get a little stiff every once in a while in my hands because I use them all the time. And I did notice a little bit of an improvement in the stiffness in my hands. Outside of that, didn't really notice much, man. Um, I didn't see anything like on the sleep end or, or some of these other things, energy. Uh, but I gave my mom a bottle in the, of that kit that he sent us and I had her try it because she loves being my guinea pig sometimes for these new things. So I told her to give this stuff a shot. And my mom, one thing about my mom is at her age now, she has a very sensitive stomach. So like uh, in the supplement or in the medicine world, we call, you know, turkeys and chickens. My mom's definitely one of those, was it the chickens that don't handle it real well all the time? So she's hypersensitive to a lot of stuff. So I didn't know if she'd be able to handle it. She did fine with it, which was already a win because she doesn't do fine with much. And it was funny because like literally right after she started taking it, my mom has been struggling with like GI issues on and off for like the last 10 years. And she'll get stomach pain, discomfort, and then bloating, really bad bloating. 
And from the moment she started taking this stuff, she said that her stomach wasn't hurting as much, like noticeable, uh, almost no discomfort to little. And she wasn't bloating at all. She's like, I'm not bloating up. I'm not like plumping up anymore. I'm bloating. And I said, and you're sure it's that stuff? She's like, I haven't taken anything else. She's like, that's all I've taken. And when I don't take it, I blow up and my stomach calls me. So for her GI symptoms, man, she's actually seen a big improvement. And, you know, and I'm listening to you about the glutathione pathway, and that might be more or less maybe what's happening there. Maybe we're cleaning yeah. up some detox pathways that weren't able to clean up and that carbon 60 is able to get in there better than some of these other binders and things we've been trying to use as far as glutathione. Mm-hmm. But she's had positive results, man, at the point where she got online and bought her own bottle because she wants to keep taking this stuff. And that's a rare thing for my mom. So, so there have been some good reports there, man. So uh, again, like I said to you, I don't think we're very oxidized and we struggle with oxidation too much because of the lifestyle we live. So maybe that's why we didn't feel a big shift. Um, but uh, for those who probably do have a lot of those issues, uh, it may be like a home run, man, just one of those supplements yeah. that will cover a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of categories for their health in one supplement, which I always love because it's better than taking a laundry list of supplements. Yep. Sometimes with one can cover, you know, four different categories for you. That's kind of going to be a winner in my book. Well, the, the thing I like about it, and, and I have to say, like, I maybe noticed some subtle sort of energy shifts, but I, I used it consistently when I was doing saunas and other things, because it also has this uh, binding action to it. But, but to your point of like having a recycling mechanism in the body and adding more healthy carbon chains into the body, or in this case, carbon balls, that has a, a, an ability to quench free radical damage. I mean, that, that is, you know, it's sort of like the, if it worked in all the ways that, that, we, that we saw in the rat study um, and the mechanism of action, it might truly be one of those antioxidants that really actually has an impact on aging because, you know, aging is an oxidative process. You know, as we age, our NAD levels decline, our glutathione goes down, our nitric oxide, our hormones do, our capacity to deal with the environment goes down because we're oxidized and we're rusting. And if we have a tool that actually prevents, slows down or reverses that process, I mean, that's pretty cool. So it may just be that it fits into, in my world, and more of like, here's an extra binder, here's some extra like cleanup when I'm detoxing and doing some other things. Um but it probably will be something that, you know, I'll just throw in in rotation as a, as part of a longevity strategy, just from that, you know, uh, looking at recycling and looking at uh, just aging as an oxidative process. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Like you're saying, oxidation binding capacity, definitely what I'll throw into the mix. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, brother, I mean, there's like, there's a ton of other things that obviously we could chat about, but those are some, uh, some of the more recent ones that I think that had some interesting insight for people. And I know that, you know, uh, some patients that, that I know of have tried some of the different things. Uh, obviously no one's tried the clean meat yet, but uh, that's not really out in circulation anyways, <laughs> but it's, it's fun to talk about these things and, and to see how they show up and how they land for us, because no doubt it's stirring conversation for others. Um, so any, any final thoughts? Um, no, not on those, man. I would say that kind of puts those last three, kind of wrap the last three. But um, yeah, man, um, I'm just looking forward to the upcoming weeks. We're going to have some more fun guests coming up here soon. We're getting some good guests scheduled. Uh, we're going to get into some spine stuff some more. I've been talking to Dr. Nick 
uh, doing a little bit more uh, talks with some chiros or spine specialists, things like that, and bring some more solutions or tools for you all to look at to possibly help you on your journey. But yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up soon. Absolutely. Well, brother, always a pleasure. Good to see you. See you out of the fam. You too, brother. Love you, man. Love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.